This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome back to The Bunker Daily, the sourdough starter podcast from the makers of The Bunker. I'm Naomi Smith from Best for Britain. Remember, there's a Bunker Daily every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday with a full epic movie length panel show every Wednesday. So don't forget to subscribe. Now, we've talked a lot about fake news and disinformation on past shows. But in the time of COVID, we've seen a spike in even more pernicious and sometimes even potentially lethal cons, scams and lockdown related crime. Governments have been fighting to contain coronavirus with measures to support public health systems, safeguard the economy and ensure public order and safety. But these measures have also opened up an unexpected opportunity for serious and organised crime. Always wily innovators, criminals have been quick to seize on new opportunities to exploit the crisis, from counterfeit hand gel to cybercrime and fraud. Corona is a golden opportunity for crooks and con artists. So today we're going to get you up to speed with those things, the things you need to watch out for so you don't get scammed during lockdown. With me to talk about this is someone who knows a thing or two about tricking people. It's broadcaster, writer, director, actor, amateur, carpenter, and professional magician, Alexis Conran. <laughs> Hello, Alexis. My, my goodness, you managed to fit a lot in there. Sort of jack of all <laughs> trades and master of none, unfortunately. But hi, how are you doing? Good. This is a lovely little bit of role reversal for me. It's usually me being grilled by you over on talk radio. Now I, know, well, I hope it doesn't scene. feel like grilling, but uh, <laughs> yes, it's usually the other way around. Um, where where are you locked down and joining us from? I am at home uh, in northwest London, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like everybody else, sort of getting along. Uh, I, I'm really fortunate enough to have a garden. I can imagine, and I've heard from friends of mine who are, don't have a garden, how um, or an outside space, how tricky that is for the moment. So let's hope that uh, this lockdown doesn't. Su- continue for too long but also let's hope that the the the, the measures don't get any more uh, stringent than they are now indeed how many uh, wooden spoons have you managed to whittle since this all started i am uh, churning them out at the rate of uh, like almost one a day it's, <laughs> it's, i don't need let me make it clear i don't need these spoons <laughs> I, I am just churning them out because i find it extremely therapeutic it's kind of Somebody, when I told them about this spoon carving, they said, "Oh, you're doing uh, you're doing mindfulness." I said, "No, I'm not. I'm, I'm carving a spoon." <laughs> said, "No, you are. You're doing mindfulness." And in a way, they were right. It, it's just sort of focus on something away from the news, away from Twitter, away from constant input in your brain, um, and just just alone with a piece of wood and a very sharp knife. You're like a modern day Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear God, let's move on. <laughs> okay, well let's let, let's move on. Um, <laughs> So starting us off, Alexis, can you just explain to listeners a little bit more about why we're seeing an increase in scams now? You'd have thought that with everybody locked in, we'd at least be safe from crime because the criminals are meant to stay at home as well. 
Well, as always, unfortunately, that's that's not how it works. Criminals get busy when there is a lot of activity around. That's why you see criminals get busy around Christmas time, around big shopping days, around tax return days, when there is traffic, uh, especially online, when there's people worried about something, where there's something in the news, the criminals find an opportunity to take advantage of. So um, I'm afraid it's not time off for criminals. And the other misconception that we are dealing with at the moment is a lot of people, yes, predominantly it is true that quite a lot of the crime that we're seeing is taking place digitally. So online, on text messages, phone calls, but we're also seeing quite a lot of crime in person, which goes back to the point of, you know, aren't they indoors observing the rules when they're not? We have had plenty of stories of criminals knocking on old people's doors or indeed anybody's doors, saying that they are from the local big supermarket, and saying that actually because their online uh, delivery system is struggling, they have sent out their helpful staff to take out online orders uh, to people directly. So they'll take a list, and then, of course, they'll ask for banking details to have payment. uh, And, of course, you don't see your shopping list, and you've just given away your credit card details. So I'm afraid that's also happening. We, We had a report that Criminals have been showing up, or people saying, "We'll disinfect your drive and your doors and your windows from the outside." All sorts of bizarre propositions. But where there's fear and where people are worried about something, that is an opportunity for criminals. Um, and what are the most common scams doing the rounds? What's the sort of most blindingly obvious when you tell us thing that we might be prone to falling for during these COVID times? So, as I said, uh, a, a any sort of um, indication that uh, uh, we can deliver food for you really easily, really quickly, um, just give us over your credit card details, that's got to be a flag. You've got to step back and, and quadruple check uh, that these people are genuinely who they say they are. And if there's a, a, a tiny, tiny sliver of doubt, then walk away. Um, the other thing is, of course, you're going to be bombarded at the moment with emails, text messages, etc. Again, you've got to use yeah. um, your common sense. One of the well, most I'd like I'd like to come on to the digital bit in a second, but um, uh, with 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 PPE and hand sanitizer and even soap having been in short supply, obviously prices have risen, and therefore maybe it's not surprising that counterfeit goods have sprung up in response. And of course, these can actually be incredibly dangerous if they're not actually protecting the consumer from the virus what's the most outrageous product you've come across uh being sold and how can listeners spot a fake well um i mean the most outrageous thing that i heard recently was a church uh in uh london i'm not going to name it uh but i think people can find it if they look for the story um they were charging 91 pounds for um oil a, a sort of oil protection a divine plague protection oil they called it and that came along with a scarlet yarn that you were you would wear across your body and that would protect you from the coronavirus look it, it, this is the most extreme version of people selling things like you know what we would call snake, snake oil, oil yeah, exactly yeah. um to people because again there is panic and there's fear and when there's panic and there's fear people stop using their logic processes of hang on a minute does this sound likely and they go look i don't care whether it does or doesn't work i'm going to try it because 
I'm in a state of panic. Um, again, we've got, for example, hand sanitizers. Hand sanitizers, from what the scientists are telling us at the moment, unless they have an alcohol, alcohol content of over 60%, then they're not really going to be as good as uh, soap and water. Uh, so you are getting lower quality goods, goods that are not really going to help you being forwarded to people. I just got an email just before coming on uh, to speak to you just now about, oh, we've got a supply of um, hand sanitizer. Click here to put in your order. You know, it, it is going to be rife, uh, this stuff, going from uh, not just in person, people showing up on your doorstep trying to sell you stuff, but of course also online. And okay, so let's get on to, to sort of online fraud. We're all very familiar with the email from a Nigerian prince offering us a million pounds if we just, you know, send over our bank details. Are there Corona versions of this sort of good old fashioned email fraud doing the rounds? Yes, uh, unfortunately, there are. Um, not so much in that proposal, the, the 419 scams, as we call them, the, the advance fee uh, payment scams, where you're going to send them some money in order for a promise for return for more money later on. But more in the malware sense, in the fact that you may click on something that then installs itself on your computer and does a hell of a lot of damage, or... Uh, emails that are sending you to websites where um, traditional phishing will happen. Phishing being the sort of extraction of your financial data and your personal data, which will then after that be used to take money out of your account or create loans and things like that. So for example, people are getting a lot of uh, emails that saying, uh, you know, uh, delivery no notifications. A lot of people are at home. A lot of people are ordering stuff online uh, from various retailers that they're probably doing business with for the first time and a lot of emails are going around saying oh your delivery uh track it here and a lot of people without thinking will click on that link and all sorts of bad things can happen there either that link is directly malicious or as i said it takes you to a website that does the damage for you also people working from home there's a lot of documentation being sent from person to person word files pdf files excel files all of these again emails are doing the rounds that have what look like to be excel files for example that then have hidden macros inside that the moment you click on them key loggers might be installed on your computer i don't want to get too technical but the, the main issue here is that there's so much email traffic at the moment and a lot of it is carrying some nasty stuff so you've got to be super super careful even and, if it's from an address so, you recognize so this could be um sort of uh, ways that they can track your keyboard strokes to then get your passwords for Correct. your other accounts for your bank account or, or, or whatever else it is yeah so, 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 what are the what are the what are the real giveaways that someone's trying to scam you, or that you know that that you've been sent one of these dodgy links to track a parcel you think you ordered, but actually turns out to be malicious? What, what are the really you know obvious? Well, that what are the danger signs to look out for? Well, the problem is, unfortunately, scammers have started using spell checker. Uh, recently, uh, over the last <laughs> couple of years. It used to be you could spot the language was just not quite right. Uh, a lot of spelling mistakes, a lot of grammatical errors. They've also learned how to rip off um, email templates by using, you know, Photoshop. And uh, so the email itself may look absolutely genuine. So you've got to sort of do a little bit of forensic um, <laughs> questioning before you click on anything. So... First of all, is it an expected email? Have you actually ordered something from a company like this? Make sure 
you know, it, it adds up to someone you've contacted. If you're not sure, read the entire email. But two things you should absolutely, definitely do. One, look at the email address. Click on it with your mouse. Nothing bad will happen if you click on the email address. And make sure that that email address actually exists. Um, so if it's, you know, paypal.com forward slash, you know, personal contact forward slash something else, something else, it's going to be a spoofed it, it, PayPal email address. So you can disregard the email straight away. So have a close look at the email address. Second thing, if there is a link on that uh, email, hover your mouse above that link to see where it actually takes you. Scammers have long been able to write an email, um, a link, write the name of the link into the body of the email. But actually, when you click it, the address that it will send you to is something completely different. So I could send you an email saying, click on this, and it says, paypal.com but actually if you hover your mouse over it, it might send you to alexisconrad.com forward slash i'm going to scam you that doesn't exist by the way <laughs> um, but you see what i mean so so yeah. hover on that i would always be reluctant the last thing i would ever do is click to open an attachment have a look at the body of the email check the email address check the link if it does have a link before you even think about opening an attachment because attachment is where People really hide the nasty stuff, like the um, spyware, the, uh, the spyware, but the um, ransomware, the ones that actually will lock your computer down, and then you have to send money to get it unlocked, which you should never do because you have no guarantee that they will unlock it. Um, the, the best advice for that is always, always make sure you've got enough backups of your entire machine. Just set up a, a drive. Memory is really cheap at the moment uh, and has been for the last few years. Buy a drive that's big enough for your computer and keep backing it up every day. So if your files get locked, just back up from the previous day and you don't have to pay anyone any money. One of the things lots of us have come to rely on from, you know, working from home, uh, not just, as you say, all of these um, Excel and uh, Word documents flying across on email, of course, is uh, video conferencing. In fact, we're doing it with our families now, just not with work. And we've seen a lot of concern about some of the big platforms, in particular, major, major security issues in in, in relation to Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we've even used it for our own live stream of the bunker. How concerned should people really be about Zoom? Um, have, have, you know, as a platform, is it addressing its security issues? Uh, look, uh, it's important to say that Zoom have said that they are spending all their time now looking at their security issues. There were issues with Zoom uh, amongst the um, cybersecurity industry. There were known issues as, as far back as 2017. Um, and again, I am not going to be here to just take Zoom apart uh, or indeed any of those companies apart. They offer a service. It's free. If a service is offered to you for free, you've got to ask yourself, uh, why am I getting it for free? What are they getting? What they're getting is information about you, which they are then able to sell to other companies. Now, as far as the security issues are concerned, there's an edict amongst the security industry. Nothing is 100% safe. It just doesn't exist. If people want to break it, they will find a way. Uh, what it pays to do uh, is to actually take some 
basic precautionary steps. So if you're going to be using Zoom, things like not making your um, your meetings public, instead require some password uh, or the use as well. Zoom's got a lovely feature. It's got a waiting room feature, which means that someone has to enter the waiting room and you've got to let them into the meeting, which is, again, another good um, step in order to prevent people uh, crashing into your uh, meetings. Of course, do not share those links via your social media and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's sort of basic things. You can also manage your screen sharing options and uh, change your screen sharing to host only. We've had reports of people sort of crashing into meetings and doing screen share and getting all sorts of obscene messages up there. Um, and also, of course, make sure that you're using the final uh, up-to-date version of whether it is Zoom or Google Hangouts or any of those things. Um, I wouldn't want to pick one as being better than the other. I think they all have certain issues, uh, but you should use them with a modicum of caution. Um, another little tip, by the way, uh, that I was made aware of Um I was like, oh, I used Zoom for the first time. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. You can actually have a, an in, a private chat with someone who's part of the Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um, like whispering just, at the back of class. Just be aware that the full log of communications, even those private chats, are made available afterwards to the people who created the meeting. So if you think <laughs> you're being smart by whispering nasty things about the hosts of your meeting, uh, there is a way for them to get hold of those chats. Oh, so I wonder if anybody just, around the just, cabinet table Zoom <laughs> has fallen foul of that one. Well, again, you know, I find it absolutely astounding that uh, Zoom is being given used but uh, i was assured i was uh interviewing tobias elwood um mm. on my radio show and he said oh well, they're using a sort of a, a more secure version i don't you know i hope they are let's put it that way well speaking of the cabinet uh, and them all uh, seemingly coming down uh with covid19 let, let's get back to talking about the virus uh, a little bit and um, you know the, the the biological virus rather than the uh online ones that we've been talking about before now um Although although they're not scams and they're often very well-meaning rather than malicious, um, fake news around COVID-19 has been off the charts. We've seen fake doctor Facebook posts telling us that if you hold your breath for 10 seconds, you definitely don't have the COVIDs. Uh, there's been viral WhatsApps claiming that the WHO recommend drinking vinegar to stop the virus getting past your throat. How can listeners spot the the fake from the genuine, you know, like World Health Organization advice? Again, it is imperative for people to start using a little bit uh, of uh, judgment before sharing these things. Um, and you're absolutely right. We we sometimes people go, well, I don't see what's the scam behind this sort of fake news, and actually. A lot of this fake news is eventually monetized. Um, so actually uh, creating a web page or creating a video that's been viewed hundreds of thousands of times that is that is promoting uh, conspiracy theories such as recently we've seen the 5G uh, is uh, responsible for coronavirus. Remember, if, people, if hundreds of thousands of people are watching that video, then the people who've made that video are going to be making money from the advertising. So the idea that that fake news is not being monetized or is not sort of directly a scam is, is just nonsense. Scammers can find a way to monetize fake news. The way to spot it, again, be wary of anybody who comes to you and pretends to be a figure of authority. Are they claiming to be the police? Are they claiming to be the WHO? Are they claiming to be the government? 
Uh, only last week, and even I think we, we're still seeing them at the moment, um, we see text messages that are being spoofed by um, uh, scammers. These text messages appear in those text messages that we got from the government a few weeks ago. And they say things like, um, you've been spotted uh, leaving your house, or the government has decided to give you £250 per week uh, for for your household. Click on this link. Um Scammers are able to spoof where text messages come from, so they sort themselves out in conversations you're already having with the genuine government or your genuine bank. They can slide into those conversations. So again, how do you spot those? Well, you ask yourself, is this likely? I know it's a silly question, but people don't ask it quickly enough. Is this likely? Ask your friends, ask your partner, your wife, your husband, your colleague, anybody that you're in contact with. Say, I've had this. Do a search online before you respond to anything. Or share it or retweet it. Or share it or retweet it. The other thing that people forget, which is really important, Naomi, and it it, it counts for text messages, voice messages, people showing up on your front door, Mm. uh, emails or anything. Is the message they're communicating a listing... giving you an emotional response? Is it making you feel fearful? Is it making you feel happy? If if you've got a text message from the government uh, saying, we're giving you 250 quid, it's like, hey, yay, great, I want that. I'll click on the link. Stop. Anytime you get any sort of emotional response, you may be be being manipulated. If it's urgent, if the text message, the email, or the fake news, if it's spreading urgency, oh, you've got to do this quickly. You know, this is the advice. You've got to, can you hold your breath for 10 seconds? You can find out if you've got it or not. Stop. Think. Mm. You know, Mm. all these things um, are are, are useful sort of flags when you see these these bits of information to just stop and think. Ask a few people, do a quick web search before you share anything. Not wanting to sound like a conspiracy theorist about the conspiracy theories, but to what extent are, are these sorts of scams, you know, some bloke or organized crime unit trying to rip us off or is there any evidence that actually there may be state actors behind any of these do you do you know it's really hard to say and it's it's an area that frankly i wouldn't i wouldn't have the credentials to go into if if i'm if i'm being honest but i would say it's 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 a very difficult thing uh to be able to ascertain because fake news like this and conspiracy theories spread so quickly from so many different sources and they can become completely untraceable. But what I would say is that quite a lot of people are just looking at fake news thinking that's someone just having a bit of a laugh or someone just spreading fake news just for the sake of spreading it. It's not so. We have seen how fake news can be monetized. There are Instagram accounts, for example. I haven't found uh, ones that are exclusively to COVID-19, but I'm sure they might be out there. But that would promote some sort of cure or some sort of message. They get enough shares. And what that hap- what happens is they're creating an account with enough shares and likes. Then further down the road, they can change the name of that account to a mm. product. Mm. Now, what that does is that account already has followers and likes and credentials, basically, where it will it will be used to promote something else. So sometimes scammers use these big sort of sharing, um, heavy traffic uh, times during um, panics like this and or, 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 or disasters, you know, disaster relief funds and all that to promote accounts, which then they will use for something else. 
And um, my, my penultimate question to you then is about um, protecting vulnerable people. Lots of our listeners have got vulnerable family, older parents, grandparents. They don't listen to podcasts. They're not getting this information. What can we do from a distance to look out for them and stop them falling prey to these sharks? Just keep communicating, keep communicating, keep talking, uh, keep informing people. Just say, look, there was a story about this. There was a story about that. uh, What we found uh, when we were doing the real hustle is that the more you educate people, the less likely they are to fall for a scam. People fall for a scam because they just don't know it's a scam. But once they know about it, they go, oh, hang on a minute. Somebody told me about this. I'm not doing that. You know, hopefully people listening to this podcast now, if someone knocks on the door and says, I'm from the Tesco's around the corner, we're doing deliveries, what would you like? They'll go, well, hang on a minute. How do I know that you are from Tesco's? You know, I've heard that people are going around doing the scam. So actually talking about it, educating people, uh, putting putting those ideas forward. With older people, um, I don't know how practical, how easy this is to do, but I used to suggest... Uh, people getting a, a, you know, these doorbells that that are electronic doorbells mm-hmm. where you not not the ones with the cameras, not the really fancy expensive ones, but there are um, electronic ones that once you push the doorbell, a speaker in the house goes off. And sometimes you can get ones with two speakers. And I would always say buy one with two speakers and give one to your neighbour. So if your elderly relative, if someone rings on their door, they open the door, but also the neighbour gets a notification that someone's rung on the door of your elderly le- uh, so you uh, neighbour. Because I, from a con man's point of view, I'm having done these scams. When you're targeting one person, the last thing you want is someone else witnessing that in. conversation yeah, yeah. and witnessing in, especially someone who's not old, perhaps, who's saying, yeah, what, what would you like? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. They've seen your face. They've done everything. So actually trying to get other people and other neighbours looking after, looking out for your elderly relatives and also making sure that your elderly relatives are aware of the scams um i think it's it it's it's the way to go keep talking to people fantastic okay so wrapping up what would you say are the three top things to be vigilant about okay one thing i think is really important to talk about is quite a lot of us now are working from home uh and we are uh, forming new accounts and various different websites so whether it's zoom or uh whether it's a new uh place that you found that will deliver food or anything like that or or people are joining all sorts of stuff house party everything so many people are opening new accounts and of course every time you open an account you need a password and the truth is quite a lot of people are terrible at passwords so here's a little bit of advice on passwords do not use the same password for multiple websites i know it's easy i know you're going to think well you know it's not really an important website every password that you have for every website is really important because if you used it more than once and that website gets compromised then multiple of your accounts are going to be compromised so advice number one get yourself a password manager okay um there are plenty out there there's plenty of free ones uh, I'm not going to name any ones uh, because I don't. I'm not affiliated to any. I use one. It's the best way of having really strong passwords for every Without website. Without having to remember. Correct. You remember one really strong one, and you can change that every three to four months. 
and then all the other ones are handled by that password manager. There are loads of them out there that will sync with your desktop, they will sync with your phone, they will sync with your tablet, so all your passwords are going to be synced across your devices. That's number one. Number two, if you don't want to get a password manager, stop thinking about passwords as passwords. Think of them as pass phrases. One word ain't going to hack it anymore. Excuse the pun. Um, And even if you think, yeah, but I've put a capital in there and I've put a number and I've put a dash, it doesn't work. Okay. It is easy for, uh, for brute force attacks, which means they just try every single digit, which is, I think, just about 94 possibilities for every single character of a password. They can brute force this if it's a short enough word. Where computers have an absolute nightmare is cracking a password that's 20 characters long. That is very, very difficult. So start thinking about a f- passphrase. So, for example, one of the most common passwords are password1234, right? That's been hacked many times. If you're going to use that, a computer can hack it. If you put in Mary had a little lamb or we built this city on rock and roll as your password and don't change anything else, it's much harder for a computer to crack that. So think of phrases. What I would recommend, five random words put together. You can change some um, letters to numbers, capitalize a few. That should start you off. Some people will say don't use dictionary words, but... I appreciate that people have to do what they have to do. So five, um, four letter, five letter words strung together and you are nice and safe. I think I can tell which uh, which four letter words Ian Dunst's going to go for. He <laughs> can't use the same one though. That's the thing. <laughs> um, so that, I think that's really important because a lot of people are uh, are creating passwords. You said three things. So passwords, the second thing I would say any communication you have at the moment, whether it's text, email, or phone call, if it's someone that's urging you to take any sort of action with any sort of urgency, stop, think twice, take a little bit of time before you respond, click, reply, call back, or do anything. Ask yourself, is this likely? Get on the internet, search for it, see if other people have had any similar experiences, and if you're not sure, just hold fire. Criminals are really out there right now because they know people are scared. They know people are going to pay whatever they can in order to keep themselves and their family safe, that they're taking advantage of that. Brilliant. Alexis, thank you so much. Um, I think that's been incredibly useful. Um, Some good reminders for me and plenty of stuff that I didn't know about either. So that is the end of this edition of the Bunker Daily. Thanks for joining us, Alexis. What are you going to be up to for the rest of today? Whittling more spoons? Well, I think think the world could do with a few more spoons, uh, Naomi. I think uh, (laughs) my daughter keeps asking me, she's like, when are you going to move on to forks? I don't think she's understood (laughs) the principle. (laughs) Um, well thank you very much for joining us Um, we're going to be back with another Bunker Daily on Monday don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bunker underscore pod thanks for listening and see you all soon The Bunker Daily was presented by Naomi Smith produced by Andrew Harrison the assistant producer was Jacob Archbold and audio production was by me Alex Reese. The Bunker Daily is a Podmasters production